0: It's right I don't O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. In Matthew 4-4, Yeshua said these words, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Taking in the word of God every day is life to our spirit, and health to our bones. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos eight, eleven, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure Scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Ki Tisa, and it means, When You Elevate. Exodus 34, 27-35 And Hashem said to Moses, Write down these commandments, for in accordance with these commandments, I make a covenant with you and with Israel. And he was there with HaShem forty days and forty nights. He ate no bread and drank no water, and he wrote down on the tablets the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So Moses came down from Mount Sinai. And as Moses came down from the mountain bearing the two tablets of the testimony, Moses was not aware that the skin of his face was radiant, since he had spoken with him. Aaron and all the Israelites saw that the skin of Moses' face was radiant, and they shrank from coming near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all his chieftains in the assembly returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he instructed them concerning all that HaShem had imparted to him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before HaShem to speak with him, he would leave the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see how radiant the skin was of Moses's face was. Moses would then put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with him. Mark 12:38 to 13:13. 13, 13. And he, Yeshua, said to them, his disciples, in his doctrine, "Beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these shall receive greater damnation. And Yeshua sat over the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called to him his disciples, and said to them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Yeshua answering said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Yeshua, answering them, began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Yeshua, and shall deceive many. And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled. For such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in various places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues you shall be beaten, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, speak." For it is not you that speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son. And children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved." Psalm 49, 1-20 Hear this, all you people, give ear, all you inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor, together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp, Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, when the iniquity of my heel shall compass me about? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceases forever. That he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he sees that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue for ever, and their dwelling places to all generations. They shall call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, being in honour, abides not; he is like the beasts that perish. This is their way, is their folly. Yet their posterity approve their sayings. Selah. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Selah. Be not afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men will praise you when you do well to yourself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understands not is like the beasts that perish. Proverbs ten, twenty-seven and 28 The fear of the Lord prolongs days. The years of the wicked shall be shortened. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus chapter 34, and then we're going to jump into Mark chapter 12. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit and go back to a verse from yesterday's reading, and it's verse 24. I will drive out nations from your path and enlarge your territory. No one will covet your land when you go up to appear before Hashem your God three times a year. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows This verse refers to the tri annual festival pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They would make the pilgrimage f- for Passover, for Shavuot and for Sukkot. Based on this verse, the Talmud suggests that only people who owned property in the land of Israel were required to make the pilgrimage, since the focus of the trip was to bring the first fruits and the second tithe produce produce to Jerusalem, and only a person with farmland would have such produce to bring. In practice, however, everyone was required to make the journey. The pilgrimage was a joyous occasion, a celebration of thanks to God for the land and the rain that had provided the farmer with a harvest. To this day, Jews continue to make a point of visiting Jerusalem and the site of the Beit HaMikdash during the three festivals, Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Continuing on in this chapter we see that Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, and he's up there for 40 days and 40 nights. He eats no bread, drinks no water. And this is the second time he's now writing down on the tablets the Ten Commandments. And when he comes back down, his face is glowing and radiating. And so in verse 33, It says when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. And whenever Moses went in before Hashem to speak with him, he would leave the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see how radiant the skin of Moses' face was. Moses would then put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with him. Let's just consider this and ponder this for a moment. Moses had a very living, dynamic relationship with the Father. And it was conversation, it was prayer, but it was a dialogue. Moses would hear from the Father and then he would respond back. It was a conversation. What would it be like? Beloved, to have such a deep intimacy in relationship with the Father that when you set apart time to go spend with Him, your prayer time, that your face began to radiate and glow because you have been in the presence of heaven. You've been in the presence of holiness. You've been in the presence of of the love and kindness of Yeshua. I pray, my prayer today is that each and every one of us would have an intimate, divine encounter in our prayer time with the Father this week, even this day. Maybe our face won't glow and radiate the way Moses is dead, but it would be a transformation in the inner man that we shut away the noise and the din and the confusion and the chaos of the world to spend that time with him. When we get all the inputs from the world, it's it's bad news. There's not very much good news out there. It's all about the pandemic and about what the Biden administration is doing and The quarantining, the lockdowns, um, travel passports, vaccinations, it's all things that vex your spirit. But when we spend time with the Father in his word, we get edified and we get built up and we get encouraged and we get changed from the inside out. So my prayer for you this day is that you will have that very special one-on-one time with him. Now let's jump into the New Testament. We have Mark, and actually I'm going to be in Mark 13. And the disciples ask Yeshua a question and they say, well, Yeshua says to them, do you see these buildings? There shall not be left. One stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's verse 2. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? So, what is the sign of his second coming? So, let me ask you this question. Do you think Do you believe that we are getting close to the end of days, to the time that's approaching when Yeshua returns? Are we getting close to the time known as Jacob's trouble, the time known as the Great Tribulation? So then Yeshua goes through a laundry list, a checklist, of what are some of the things you would expect to see happening just prior to his return, in the end of days. He says many will come in his name and will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. Don't be troubled. Such things must happen. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. And these are the beginnings of sorrows. So again, I ask, are we in that time known as the beginnings of sorrows? Many are going through a sorrowful time in their life on the personal side of things. But when you look at the big picture, are we there yet? And in verse 9, he goes on to say, But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in synagogues you shall be beaten. You'll be brought before rulers and kings for a testimony against them. Now here is a litmus test. Verse 10. The gospel must first be published among all nations. So if there's two or three or five nations that have not yet heard the gospel, then we're not there yet. It has to be reached to every nation. The opportunity to hear the good news, the gospel, to step into the kingdom, to be born again, to follow the Torah of Yeshua, that message has to go to all nations. Verses 12 and 13, Brothers shall betray brother to death, and father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So, are we there yet? Kind of sounds like the kid in the back seat of the car on a trip asking the parents, Are we there yet? Are we getting close? I leave that for you to ponder and to think about and to consider. And if you'd like to. Share your thoughts with me. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at bridgeconnector at startmail.com. That's bridge Connector at startmail.com. May you have a blessed day and an awesome time in prayer with the Father. Shalom. Ye adonai vish merekha ya adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers Chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.